1: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett.
2: How do you fly a craft? You fly it with your mind. There's no steering wheel there. Well, actually, from what I heard, they have there's an option to use a steering wheel, but they say it's much easier to use your mind. And how do I know this? Because I have friends who have been on board the craft. You know, I'm friends with Chris Bledsoe, and he's told me some things privately that just completely are mind blowing.
0: Did you know you can now stream episodes of this podcast on your mobile device? All you need is my new Conspiracy Unlimited app. It's absolutely free, and it's available for both iOS and Android devices. If you're a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member, pay attention. You can now stream premium content from your mobile device. My free Conspiracy Unlimited app for iOS and Android. Available from the App Store and Google Play. Get yours today and start streaming Conspiracy Unlimited on your mobile device.
1: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads, exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett.
0: Kevin Estrella is a remarkable musician. He's a guitarist with a band called Pyramids on Mars who uh, cites Joe Satriani, David Gilmore, Rush as uh, major influences. But to that list, he would also add another influence, perhaps one that's, well, off-planet, an extraterrestrial influence. Michael Luckman wrote a book called Alien Rock. In the book, he chronicles the connection between many prominent rock musicians and the UFO ET phenomenon. They've either had uh, close encounters, uh, abductions, Uh, and so forth, or they believe that they are receiving their musical inspiration from off-planet. Many musicians talk about how they are nothing more than the conduit. They, they feel guilty almost about, you know, cashing their royalty checks. Alright, maybe not that guilty. But they, they say, you know, I'm not responsible for this. I'm simply a conduit. I'm an antenna. And it comes to me. It comes to me in a dream. It comes to me, I don't know. Uh, it's interesting. But Kevin Estrella is another such musician who has sort of that same connection, he believes, or is receiving his music in a similar fashion. And uh, he recently caught the attention of a prominent Canadian ufologist, Grant Cameron, uh, when Kevin Estrella shared his recent UFO sightings uh, with Grant. And here to tell us more uh, is uh, the aforementioned musician from Pyramids on Mars, Kevin Estrella. How are you? I am wonderful. Thanks for having me on, Richard. You're a local musician. you Are in. The, are you in the Hamilton area? That I am.
2: That right. I
0: am. Not too far from you. And, I'm a jump. Uh, all right. And uh, Pyramids on uh, Mars, you've got, what, now two albums to your credit?
2: Yes, I do. You
0: just released mm-hmm. your second one not too too long ago. Yes. So uh, take me back then to your... Um, I mean, did, have you always felt that your, your influence your musical influences and your or your inspiration was was coming off-planet or did this begin with your first UFO sighting and I think it was 2014
2: I think you know I've been piecing it together for years and I've studied the UFO phenomenon um, quite I really really started studying it back in the 1990s when I was in high school or sorry, university, and uh, that's when all this stuff was coming out with Bob Lazar talking about, um, you know, um, Area 51. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Area 51, and and uh, and you know, reverse engineering and stuff, and so that I became, I started to become really interested, and then I started reading a lot of uh, Bud Hopkins books about alien abductions, and that really captured my interest, and um, and then my, my my drummer at the time. Uh, Matt Rock, he was also studying crop circles. So we were both very, very, um, passionate about the whole subject. And it, it's, it's been a passion of mine for years. So when I created Pyramids on Mars back in 2011, my intention was to, um, to marry my love of instrumental rock and also to use it as a catalyst to, um, educate people in regards to the real alien presence on our planet and um and and do it in a in a non-threatening way but an inspirational way through music and i guess um there were other entities who had the same intentions and approval of what it was that i was doing and they just um um Made that more well aware last year. Let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, and we will we will talk about the UFO sighting in, in Hamilton, which is interesting uh, because, as we'll discover, nobody else seemed to have seen it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't reported anywhere, and that's odd. But uh, it seems odd. But according to Grant Cameron, that's not uncommon. However. Uh, let's talk about the band for a, mo- a moment. Uh, sure. This is not a musical show, but, but so but uh, we don't play music really per se on the program. But how would you describe pyramids on Mars? Your your style, your musical style, to those who haven't heard you.
2: Well, my musical style, I'm I'm very much in the same style as guitarist Joe Satriani. I uh, fell in love with Satriani's music back in the 1980s when I first heard his album. Surfing with the Alien, and that, that was it for me. I mean, that was what I wanted to be able to play like, uh, be able, because the instrumental, the way his guitar sang, it was like it replaced the vocals for me, and I just I felt a connection that way, and I, I expressed myself better through playing that way. And But my music uh, is more influenced by metal and, and classical music, um, probably more classical music i i uh, i listen predominantly to nothing but bach and vivaldi and i get my musical ideas from listening to to what they do and my approach on guitar is is more of an approach of i play more like a violin or a hyps- harpsichord lines on my guitar and that's just kind of that's just the way i am this is that's that's how i communicate so i spend a lot of time uh, honing that craft of instrumental rock Um, so, um, yeah, and you know, the best place to hear my music is on my website at www.pyramidsonmars.com and you can hear both my albums on that.
0: Now, Ian, I don't know, uh, Ian, in the other room, I don't know if you're able to, uh, uh, could we play a a sample of that on the air a little bit later in the hour? Is that all right with you? Um, absolutely. uh, uh, Kevin? Okay. And we'll, we'll, uh. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get... Uh, yeah, I think it's important for people to hear this. And, and, the, and the name of the band, Pyramids on Mars, tell me about the, the genesis of that.
2: Well, when I... There, there was an artist uh, who I listened to, a, a drummer by the name of Virgil Donati, and he, uh, he, he... On one of his solo albums, one of the songs was called Pyramids on Mars, but I already knew about the D&M pyramids on Mars in the Sidonia region, So I just thought that that was a perfect name for a band, and I just wanted to adopt that name for what it was that I my intentions were with my music. And I also use a lot of analog keyboards like Moogs and Oberheims, which are predominantly used back in the 70s, which have a very analog, warm sound to them that kind of makes my music sound like it was something you'd hear if you landed on Mars and were looking around. So... My music, you know, is, is intentional to try and take you places um, that are off,
0: off-world, so to speak. And and how how does this, you know, I'm always fascinated to hear. I remember an interview with, uh, Bob Dylan gave on on 60 Minutes, um, oh about 10 years ago, uh, describing you know where these songs come from. And I've heard McCartney talk about it in a similar fashion. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on on where you feel. Uh, you know, these compositions come to you from?
2: Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a good question, because I started to really start to piece things together when I met Grant Cameron this year and, and saw his presentations on, on musicians who have had extraterrestrial contact and how they also get a lot of downloads of music uh, or get their inspiration from, uh, feels like they're almost like a medium or a conduit. And I started to realize a lot more and more that that's really a lot of how my music is written. Because most of the time I don't feel like I'm even really writing the music. When I'm, when I'm channeled into the music, it, it has to come from a very deep place inside me. And, uh, I reached a point of, like we'll call it nirvana musical enlightenment, like Zen Buddhism. A moment back in in when I was in university, listening to Jimi Hendrix, and it was I remember the exact moment when I when I reached a state of new consciousness, and it was listening to um, live Jimi Hendrix live at Monterey, and it was the song "Foxy Lady" when when the guitar solo kicked in, and I was just air guitaring at that time, and, the, and I was filled with so much energy and passion that my my head actually just feel like it expanded and was outside of my own head and i was like part of the universe and i that was the, the connection for me that i realized that is a state i want to be in i connected with something much higher than myself and felt my spirituality extending outside my body
0: that's interesting because hendrix had a ufo experience and uh, i i um i interviewed uh, uh along with a colleague of mine gary patterson we interviewed juma sultan who played with hendrix at woodstock Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, a Gypsy, Sun and Rainbows, I think it was the the band. Yeah. Although they introduced them, if you want, if you listen to the Woodstock album, they introduced Hendrix as they introduced his band, his unit as the Jimi Hendrix Experience. He had to come on and correct them, even though it was Mitch Mitchell on on, on drums. The rest, it was not it was not uh, the, the Hendrix Experience. That's right. Yeah. Um, but but Juma Sultan. Uh, talked about Hendrix, and he used an expression I thought was interesting in the interview he said it was like he understood the music of the spheres and um, that that almost sounds sort of extraterrestrial in a way doesn't it yes it does alright Kevin Estrella is with us Uh, Pyramids on Mars is the band and uh, we'll talk about his UFO encounter my name is Richard Serrett And what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. You listen to my podcast because you love Tales of the Paranormal. But if you want more, listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. You can become an official Patreon supporter of my work here at Strange Planet Productions by donating a monthly amount through patreon.com forward slash strange planet, patreon.com forward slash strange planet. There are several tiers to choose from. Pick which one is right for you, but any monthly amount is greatly appreciated. As a sign of my appreciation, you can have your name mentioned on air during my weekly radio show, or you could have your name included in a crawl on my YouTube channel live stream. You could also receive episodes of my old podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. This critically acclaimed podcast, produced in partnership with Chris Jericho, is not currently available anywhere else. If you enjoy this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, you can really get behind me and my work by donating once a month at patreon.com forward slash strange planet, patreon.com forward slash strange planet. All right, this is Pyramids on Mars. Kevin Estrella, the front man of this instrumental rock band. Let's just hear a little bit of this. Music that really sounds like it's from Mars. Very nice. Um, I also uh, Kevin Estrella is uh, with us from Pyramids on Mars, and uh, am I also hearing a little bit of David Gilmore in there, Kevin?
2: Absolutely. Yes. Um, the, my top three guitar influences would be Jimi Hendrix, David Gilmore, and Joe Satriani. And as far as who's on the top, it's, it always kind of gets mixed around. <laughs> but David Gilmore is absolutely uh, one of my biggest influences for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, now I'm just, I'm trying to remember um, Michael Luckman's uh, book Alien Rock. Yeah. And uh, I'm no doubt you're familiar with the book. You've probably uh, digested it. I'm guessing.
2: Yes, I have. Yeah.
0: All right. Was Gilmore mentioned in there? Did David Gilmore ever ha- have a, um, a, a an encounter, a UFO encounter? Do you remember?
2: I didn't see with David Gilmore. I know he, They talked they, they. He focused a lot on 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 Elvis. And you know John Lennon, the Moody Blues, a lot you know with um, and uh, a lot with a lot with uh, with David Bowie as well. Right, I right. I don't think it mentioned uh, David Gilmore.
0: Yeah, I uh, I was fascinated to learn that uh, Cat Stevens, who now goes by the name of Joseph, uh, um had a, an alien encounter. Or a, a, I think it was an abduction uh, encounter. And uh, Ace Frehley, well, perhaps no surprise there from Kiss. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was kind of a given, I think. Um, um, okay, so let's let's talk about your UFO sighting. This is in, in 2014. Take us back and walk us through it.
2: Sure. You know, as I said, um, you know, I've always, <clears throat> I've, I, I've met six people in my lifetime who were direct experiencers, um, including my drummer actually. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, my drummer Matt, who when, when we when we broke up our first band, I mean, he's he's had four, he's seen four craft. And he, you know, he's always been studying crop circles. He, he, he quit the band to study crop circles full time. So I, I was kind of jealous that, you know, I was like, okay, he's had an experience. How come I haven't? And then it actually happened last year. And it uh, completely changed my life. And it changed the way I looked. I really look at the universe because what I saw, it took me six months to piece together to really understand what it was I was looking at because of the way it looked. And this thing came right across my backyard. It was only like a, you know, less than fifteen hundred feet away.
0: This is August so of, of twenty fourteen, evening ten thirty. That's right. It was,
2: it was August twenty first,
0: two thousand fourteen,
2: at ten thirty p.m. Over so, Hamilton. So here I am. Um, it's um, I, I step on, onto my deck, and it was a very clear night. There's not a not a sky, you know, not a star in the sky, and from um my right hand side my neighbor they have this big tree and this object all of a sudden within five seconds of me stepping on my deck this object appeared to come from behind the tree and at first i thought it was a meteor because it was orange and red and it looked like it had this stuff streaming off the top of it and out the you know along the bottom of it and out the back like almost like it was like on fire, like, like mist or or flames or something. I didn't know what the heck it was. But then when it finally came full into full view, I realized that it wasn't a meteor at all because it was moving way too slow for a meteor. It was moving maybe the speed of a of an airplane or a helicopter. And we live in um, in Hamilton. We I, we live uh, the airport's not too far from where we are. So there's air, you know there's, there's aircraft activity. But this was definitely not a plane. Because it was very close to to me, it was only maybe twelve to fifteen hundred feet above the ground, and maybe about the same distance away. And it moved from the right to the left. And what what I finally realized what I was looking at it was well, it was disc shaped. That was the first thing that caught my mind. It was clearly clearly disc shaped, like looking at a side the side view of it. So it was it was aerodynamic along the top and the bottom. Completely, completely, you know, um, aerodynamic and maybe 40 or 50 feet in diameter. Now, uh, what I finally realized six months later, what gave it that look to make it look like it was on fire was that this object was actually covered in plasma. So it definitely had a, 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 a sharp, you know, like I could see the edge of the of craft, but, but this, this plasma was streaming along the top of it. And along the bottom of it, and, and and streaming out the back of it, like almost leaving a trail.
0: And how do you and know it was plasma?
2: Definitely plasma.
0: Why? Why do you believe plasma?
2: Because, because uh, when I finally saw, you know, I actually was looking at pictures of the sun and seeing stuff streaming off the sun, and that's all of a sudden when I realized how it was behaving, that I realized that this craft was covered in plasma. And that was also confirmed by MUFON, who did the, did, did, when I filed a report, they did the full reporting uh, or investigation of it. And when they asked me certain questions about it, the way it looked, and then how it looked when it moved away from me, they confirmed that, yes, it was covered it was an object that was covered in plasma. And the way I described it, it, w- it was it, w- it actually made sense that I was looking at a physical object that was covered in plasma. Right. Because... The other thing that, that it, it changed it, the way it looked as it, was, it started to move away from me. Because it moved from the, um, from the right side of my backyard to the left. And as it was moving, it was moving away. And as its tail got more towards me, the object itself started to appear darker and darker in appearance to make it look like that. And when I realized that the, the light source was actually not even coming from the craft at all. It was completely black. But what was happening was, as it was moving away, it had more of this whitish vortex-like umbrella thing that was kind of swirling around the front of it and kind of covering the whole thing. And I was thinking, well, was that the thing that was making it look like it was on fire? And so, as Mufon explained, um, that the way an object looks with plasma, you can see the plasma from certain angles if something is covered in plasma, but if it's if it's Turned a certain way, you cannot see the cannot see the plasma stream. Right. Therefore, okay. they were able to confirm that what I saw was definitely a
0: solid physical object in the sky. Got it, it. Wasn't uh, a, a play on light. Now you did, you reported it the following year in tw- this year in 2015 when you attended a UFO symposium, I guess, in my hometown, Brantford. Correct. That's right. Yes. Uh, you, you you spoke with MUFON representative there, Stu Bundy. That's right. And he took the report. That's correct. Why did you wait so long? Oh, I didn't wait so long. I um, I, I, I filled
2: out the report last year.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. I'm like just, I filled I,
2: it out the, like the the next day. I I phoned them and, and called them.
0: I see. Okay. So I'm just yeah. I'm just following the the, the chromo- chronology here on the email. So uh, you you filled it out. You, you filed it the next day, but then I guess you what you filed it again when you met Stu or. Or you spoke to Stu in in 2015. Uh, in
2: I spoke to Stu in twenty uh, in uh, in 2015. Okay. Yes.
0: Now here is the interesting thing: no record of any UFO sighting in the city of Hamilton the night of August 21. If, I mean this that's, that would be a pretty spectacular thing to see. Uh, I mean this is like a fireball hurtling through the sky. Yes. And nobody else saw it.
2: Nobody else saw it. That was confirmed by. Um, I got that confirmation when I went on Rob McConnell's show, the the X Zone. Uh, I went on his show the weekend after the the Ace the Ace exhibition. So uh, when I went on his show before he before we, he actually interviewed me, he said he went on to every single website that he could find that they used to track anomalies. They could not find anything the night of August twenty first. 2014 there was there was nothing Um, and nobody else had reported it according to MUFON so from MUFON's point of view there was nobody else who reported seeing this thing which didn't make any sense to me because I was it was only 1030 at night this thing was moving very slow it was looked like it was on fire it was only like you know 1200 feet off the ground how can i be the only person in the city of 500,000 people to, to see this thing it just didn't make any sense but Rob McConnell, their their show confirmed that there was no sighting that there was no anomalies to the point that I got an email from their producer the following day saying due to the lack of evidence, we're no longer following you know we're no longer pursuing your story, please don't contact us again
0: uh, Wow. <laughs> um... Well, that must have kind of stung. But did, what about Peter Peter Davenport at the uh, the UFO um, National UFO Reporting Center uh, in, in Washington? Did you contact Peter Davenport? I
2: contacted the Washington. Yeah, actually, I did contact the uh, Washington UFO Reporting Center. They were the first people I contacted, and I filled out a report there. But I, I never got a response back from them.
0: All right, and then at a certain point, I'm not sure if this was in, at the, uh, the same symposium in, in Brantford, you, you connected with Canadian ufologist, the man behind PresidentialUFOs.com, uh, Grant Cameron. Yes. And um, you went up to him and you told him your story, and, and what did he say?
2: Well, when I, first, um, when I first heard of the Alien Cosmic exhibition that was going on, and I was curious to see who was presenting and I recognized a lot of people like Stanton Friedman and Paula Hellyer were there. And then when I saw what Grant Cameron's presentation was on, which was on aliens, UFOs, musicians, and the connection, and why aliens are using musicians, I was just completely dumbfounded, like just shocked. Like it was like, oh my God, this is all about me. There's there's something going on here that's bigger than I am. So I, I felt like I had to go and see him because he knew what was going on. And so when I went to see him, it was, you know, I was hoping to get some answers, and I definitely did get answers uh, watching his presentation. But then it was like, it was like when I found out about what MUFON said next door about my sighting. That, you know, like when I walked up to them, they said, "Yeah, I'm glad you're here. We're doing a presentation on you tomorrow." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding? I haven't heard from you guys in a year, and you're doing a presentation on me?" And then when I asked, "Hey, how many other people saw this thing?" and they said, "You're the only one." I was I was almost sick. I was just like I'm going crazy. This this is impossible. What is going on here? How can nobody else have seen this thing? And so then I had to go to Grant to see what what was going on. Like and what I started to find out was I honestly feel that these beings they wanted me to wake up. It was time for me to wake up and understand what was going on. Because there was just too many coincidences. And this is the other thing that I'm discovering, is the, is, the, is the number of of synchronicities start to increase in your life. And there's been so many, and I'll get into those later on. Of it's not just now. It's like it's happening faster and faster, these synchronicities. So the synchronicity of all the stuff of MUFON being there, who took my report who when I, when I walked up to their table, they turned their laptop around and showed me, you know, immensely the diagrams that I had drawn them and they were doing a presentation on me. Here's Grant Cameron who knows, you know, the musicians are being contacted and he had all these answers. And when I told him my story that I was the only one who saw this thing, according to MUFON, it didn't surprise him at all. He says, yeah, it happens all the time. I'm like, what? Does it happen <laughs> more often
0: with musicians? What's that? Does it have to ha- Happen? to I happen? Mean, because listen, there have been many mass sightings, obviously. I mean, yep. the Phoenix Lights and Stephenville Lights and uh, you know, on and on and on. Uh, we're familiar with the mass sightings. Um, but the, the the those cases where only one person sees it and Grant Cameron says that's actually common. Uh, that's right. But I mean, he was there to speak about the relationship between musicians and UFOs. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it is it common for musicians only uh, to see to see these, and no one else sees them?
2: Well, what he's finding is like he's tried to do a, a testing with other groups of people, like he you know like golfers, and he wanted to find out how many golfers have been contacted by extraterrestrials, and he found it was none. And but he found with this with the with the music thing that it was just it was just overflowing with the number of mu- of musicians who have had direct contact with extraterrestrials. And he found it, you know, absolutely fascinating. Uh, he didn't start taking it seriously until Chris Bledsoe had contacted Grant and told him that, you know, the beings told him to look in the music, the message is in the music. And he gave two particular songs to check out that were Cashmere by, by Led Zeppelin and After the Gold Rush by... Neil Young, but then that was the catalyst that, that that got grant's attention when he when he knew that you know that Neil Young was from his hometown, so then he had some interest, and then he started to find all these connections of all these musicians who've been contacted and so you know he told me several times, you know kevin um you're not you're not alone on this you know that you're you know you're not special. <laughs> So it's like, that's okay.
0: All right, uh, Kevin, stay put. We'll take a time out, come back, and perhaps uh, maybe we'll hear another track from Pyramids on Mars. Music inspired by aliens, perhaps. The highly anticipated second season of the hit podcast, Proof, is finally here. Proof is an investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here. Proof made headlines for its first season in 2022 after proving the innocence of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend Brian Bowling when they were just 17 years old. 25 years later, on December 8th, 2022, both men were finally freed based on evidence unearthed by Proof. In the second season of Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, this time traveling the streets of Manteca, California, to uncover who really murdered 18-year-old Renee Ramos. On June the fifth, two thousand, Ramos's body was found buried under a pile of debris inside the shell of a new Home Depot building. Despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, tips that were ignored until now, Renee's boyfriend, eighteen-year-old skateboarder Jake Silva, and Ty Lopez, the thirty-three-year-old uncle of one of Jake's close friends, were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinta un. Cover long overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire.
2: Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is
1: a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts.
0: C60 Evo delivers the miracle molecule ESS-60. It's pure carbon 60. Why not love your body and share C60 Evo with those you love? ESS 60 from C60 Evo is a mega antioxidant for increased strength, endurance, flexibility, and a deeper sleep. It's great for pets too. I take a tablespoon every day, and so does the mighty Aphrodite. We're both sleeping better than we have in years. And during the day, we have such tremendous energy and vitality. We're both pain-free. In a landmark peer-reviewed animal study in Paris, France, rats fed ESS-60 lived twice their normal lifespan. Go to c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serret, or click on the C60 Evo link in the episode notes. Use the code E-V-R-S at checkout and save 10%. ESS 60 from C60 Evo.
1: Order your miracle
0: in a bottle today.
1: As you're staring up at the night sky, ever wonder who's staring back? No, me either. But I guess you better say it because of Richard. You know, he's all wrapped up in this stuff. (laughs) Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett.
0: All right, this is uh, Pyramids on Mars. This is going to shake the dust from <laughs> some of our our uh, listeners. Uh, our guest, Kevin Estrella, is uh, one of the principals uh, in this band. And uh, he's here to tell us about his UFO experiences and how he believes his music is inspired uh, by ETs. Uh, okay, so... Um, I'm I'm guessing that um, uh, your conversations with Grant Cameron probably included, you know, a discussion about John Lennon's famous uh, UFO sighting when he was living with May Pang in Greenwich Village in uh, in 1974. Yep. Now, it seems to me uh, I remember a. a um, speaking with May Pang, and, and uh, she, she talked about that. And, of course, Lennon mentioned it on his Walls and Bridges album in 1974. He wrote the date down, and he called May Pang out onto the balcony, and she saw it. And uh, They actually called Yoko, uh, uh, and um, they were sort of watching it, I guess, travel down the Hudson River, I'm not sure. But but in that case, were they the only two to see it? I, I, memory serves, I thought May Pang said, you know, everybody saw it.
2: I'm not too sure. Um, from um, different sources, I'm getting that there were some other people who saw it. Um, I'm not too sure now. Um, yeah, I'm not okay. really quite sure because
0: well, you're uh, certainly in good company. Yeah, that's the point. With you know, a lot of musicians uh, have had this experience, whether they were the only ones that saw it or other people saw it. Um, so. I mean, where where do we go from here with this? Were there subsequent subsequent sightings after this?
2: For me, there was not a subsequent sighting, but um, I did have that wasn't the first time that something has happened to me. Uh, I had a sighting back in two thousand. Uh, something strange that happened that that happened with Matt, my drummer, actually, and we still have not been able to explain it. Um, and what happened was we were up in Huntsville uh, at my, my uh, our, our singers' cottage, and we went down to the lake to go for a swim. And it was like a you know perfect you know cloudless night, full moon, and um, it was Matt and I were in the water looking up and you know admiring the stars when all of a sudden it was like the moon all of a sudden turned into flames, or it was something the same size as the moon. And was coming right at us, and we could hear it coming at us. we could hear the the, the little, and all of a sudden, it was like it was like almost like a flash, or like it just disappeared. It was gone, and we both like almost screamed, going, "Whoa, what the heck was that? Was that a UFO?" And we don't know what the heck happened. It was like, it was like we should have died. Um, it, it was like it was like the moon had set on fire. And it had fallen out of the sky and was in the atmosphere and was coming right directly for us. But I don't know if it was the moon or whether it was something the same size as the moon. I still don't remember to this day, and I have a blank out of a memory, and so does he. In fact, I tried contacting him several weeks ago, and from his memory, he thought that this object came from out of the water into the sky. So we can't even get our stories straight. Hmm.
1: Um
0: Listen, I, you're a musician. I, I'm sure you hear this all the time. Whenever you talk about, uh, whenever we talk about, you know, rock stars and having seen UFOs and so forth, and you know, the celebrated case of Jerry Garcia, uh, who I believe believes or I believe said that he had been abducted and, and uh, was taken aboard some craft and was there for several days. And uh, well, we all know Jerry Garcia had a certain um a penchant uh for certain hallucinogens and so forth. So whenever we talk about musicians uh and UFO sightings, of course the question has to come up, were you taking anything? Were you smoking anything?
2: Well 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 last year I was completely sober. Absolutely sober. I was you know I just finished putting my kids to bed. Mm-hmm. So when I went out in the deck, you know I was completely very very sober. Um back in 2000, okay, yeah, we had we had, you know, several beers. Um but we weren't like out of our minds. No, no
0: okay. All right. You know, I had to ask. I had to ask because people yeah. are that's what people are thinking, right? Many people, right? Yeah. Oh, he's a musician. Well. <laughs> um okay. So, uh b- 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 but that's the problem when he, when when it's hard to separate the wheat from the chaff in some of these cases because like I mentioned Jerry Garcia uh, or Ace Frehley. You know, th- these guys had a, a history, obviously, uh, of uh, imbibing or taking certain uh, substances, uh, which may have been responsible for um, their experience. Hard to say. Hard mm-hmm. to say. Now, in terms of, um, uh, well, we well, bring us up to date. Then, I mean, you, ma- you mentioned some of these synchronicities that are that have been occurring, and they are increasing. Yeah. Uh, let's let's delve into that. This is, I mean, I love serendipity. It's one of my favorite. Favorite topics? What's going on with you?
2: Kevin? Oh boy, where do I start? Um, what I started to realize, well, with Grant's presentations about consciousness, uh, is that this whole UFO, this whole UFO thing, is based on consciousness, and these extraterrestrials are trying to help us get to the next stage of our evolution of ourselves uh, through consciousness because these beings are telepathic. I mean, how do you fly? How do you fly a craft? You, you fly it with your mind. There's no steering wheel there. Well, actually, from what I heard, they have. There's an option to use a steering wheel, but they say it's much easier to use your mind. Um, and how do I know this? Because I have friends who have been on board the craft. You know, I'm friends with Chris Bledsoe, and he's told me some things privately that just completely
0: are mind blowing. But yeah, just let, her, let let our listeners in on on uh, on who Chris Bledsoe is.
2: Sure. Um, if you if you remember. Back in the 1990s, the movie *Fire in the Sky*, the Travis Walton story. Yes. Well, Chris Blitzo, he his story tops that. Okay. So his story is going to be in the mainstream, and um, he, you know, but his story is more, you know, he was given a message, and to share with the world, and and he was very reluctant to share with the, share that message, but it needed to be shared. But um, so his story is going to be coming out next, you know, next year, and uh, you can, you know, you can, you, you can, you know, Google him on YouTube and and uh, watch, you know, watch the different programs of you know what Mu did on on, on him, um, but they're not they're not very good because they actually make it look like you know like he's crazy. It was not a very good, not done very very nicely.
0: So you mentioned the serendipities. Let's let's spend some time uh, talking about that, Kevin.
2: Yes, yeah, the synchronicities. So uh, there's three of them. The three there's three big ones that I wanted to share uh, share with people. First of all, if you think that there is synchronicity in your life, or there's something strange like you were thinking about somebody and all of a sudden they phoned you or stuff, you should be writing these things down because the universe is trying to tell you something. Or if there seems to be a very strange coincidence with something, you should write it down and pay attention to it because the universe is trying to tell you something. So here are some very very interesting things where these things are starting to speed up now, and it's almost like brain like almost like breadcrumbs being left for me to pick up the pieces, and and these beings are trying to tell me something. So um, a few few months ago, I had this dream, and uh, from you know Grant talks about many times about musicians having downloads or getting different ideas in dreams. Uh, what happened to me was I had this dream where the, these uh, three greys were handing me my custom electric guitar, and it was very similar to the Joe G- G- Satriani model that I have currently because I've got uh, mine done in a chrome finish, so it almost looked like a spaceship that I saw. But what I noticed about it was that there was this deck, this 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 design that was in the neck, which was it was a, this green double helix. DNA pattern, and I recognized it as being a, a, a crop circle that I've seen many years ago. This, this, it's this famous crop circle known as the DNA crop circle, and, um, and I really thought that was really cool, the way it was done in the neck. Coincidentally, three days after I had this dream, I started to get followed on Twitter by a company called Neck Illusions, <laughs> who creates these, these uh, custom graphic neck designs. And so I, I went to them, and I, I, I sent them the picture of the of the of the crop circle, and said, "I'd like to do this in in green. Are you able to do it?" And they were so amazed at the design that they took it upon themselves to do it to me, not only for free, but they made an endorsement deal with me.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah. So they created, you know, they, on, now on their website, you know, if you go to neckillusions dot you know, there's the artist selections and I'm in there and there's a page with me with my design, this, this design that was given to me in this dream. and I get royalties now from it as well.
0: That's pretty wild. That is pretty wild. okay.
2: Yeah, so that's synchronicity number one. As I said, you know I had this dream, I saw this design in the neck and three days afterwards a company uh, you know approaches me, who actually is able to create it, and not only create it, they actually give it an endorsement deal. So that's that's a huge synchronicity right there. Um, another one was a few months ago. I was contacted by a a, a DJ out uh, on the on the on the West Coast, Alan Lohr, and um, I told him that he needs to uh, check on my background with my with my UFO sighting. Well, he immediately writes me back this long email explaining how he was chosen to be the voice for me to play my music because he's an experiencer and something happened to him back in 1985 where he actually had his own radio show called Third Eye Opening. And he says, you know, he was must have been that he was meant to contact me because he felt, you know, there was a connection there and that he was also friends with Billy Sherwood, the new bass player for the band Yes. So that immediately sparked my attention because I know that uh, both Rick Wakeman... And John Anderson from Yes were directly contacted by extraterrestrials. Uh, John Anderson actually had a being walk through a wall when he was in Las Las Vegas and 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 give him information and 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 leave. So I knew that um uh, it was a, you know they were they were definitely experiencers. So I say to Alan, you know, is there any way for me you to be able to get me in contact with John Anderson? And then six hours later, I get an email from Grant Cameron. Saying, here is um, um, a small clip of John Anderson talking about music coming from the Pleiades. So wow. I'm like this is uh-huh. like this is just too weird. This is really weird. And I contact Grant and I said, Do you realize what just happened here? And I tell you what, you know, and I I explained to him and he was even freaked out, he says, You have to contact Susan Chancellor. Because she just interviewed John Anderson last year, and she can get you in touch with him. Because I think what the universe is trying to tell me is that it's important for John Anderson to hear my music, for me to get in contact with him. So I eventually was able to do that, and I sent a huge long email introductory to to John Anderson. Have you heard back? I'm trying to listen to what's going on, what the universe is trying to tell me.
0: Have you heard back from John Anderson?
2: Not yet. Hmm. Not yet. But I'm very curious. (laughs) I know he's on tour right now, so... So, like, here's these synchronicities. Now, here's the big one. This is the big synchronicity. Um, I have ESP. I can't control it. It just, it just happens. And I didn't realize, uh, the synchronicity that, um, I, re- I became really consciously aware of my ESP when I was first writing music for my first, my first, uh, Pyramids on Mars CD. And that's when I really became consciously aware of all these synchronicities where I'd be thinking about somebody far away and all of a sudden they'd phone me. Or I would be thinking of somebody and I'd call them and they'd say, oh my God, we were just talking about you. And I haven't talked to these people for a long time. Now, so there was, all that kind of was happening. But then last year I had my biggest ESP incident where it was it was Robert Williams' death. And what happened was he died on August 11th, 2014, on a Monday. It was a Sunday. I was, it was around 11.30 in the morning, and I was all of a sudden overcome with this wave of, of extreme sadness. And I saw Robin Williams' face. It, it was so strong in my mind. And it was the ending of the movie Bicentennial Man, where he plays an android It and lives for 250 years, and he decides he wants to die because he's tired of outliving his, his loved ones. And so the last scene you see in the movie is he's lying on the bed and he's got that sad smile on his face as he, as life is leaving his body and the camera's just slowly panning away. And I was so overcome with grief and sadness seeing this in my mind it was so burning. It was like it was like the movie Star Wars where Obi-Wan Kenobi is overcome with, you know, a sudden disturbance you know, in the Force and you know I see millions of voices and suddenly silence. Um, that's what I saw and I was wide awake when this happened. And I was really overcome with this intense sadness, like a wave hit me. And then it was a little bit more than twenty-four hours later on the Monday, where my wife says, "Oh, by the way, did you hear that Robin Williams died this morning?" And I'm like, "Oh my goodness, that's so sad.
1: Ah, and, oh my and,
2: God, I saw him dying yesterday."
0: Right, right. And, and but why do you attribute that uh, to the? Why would I attribute that to? No, why do you attribute that 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 um, ESP? Uh, to your ET experience, or do you? Your UFO because
2: experience. my UFO experience happened exactly 10 days after that. Ah, 10 days after. So, exactly 10 days after that.
0: And so, do you think that this psychic ability, uh, comes from, uh, aliens?
2: The aliens are psychic. The aliens are psychic. They, they always have been. They're tele, they're, they're telepathic. They, they know what we think. They're, they're always there. Um, they're, they're, they're connected to us. We're connected to them. The whole universe is, is one, is one, is one consciousness. And this is the other thing that I, have I, that I'm discovering that I feel through my music is because when I write music, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it until I'm actually channeled, until I feel like I'm connected to something else that's not me. Because most of the time when I'm writing my music, I'm not really writing it it's I feel like I just feel like um an artist who's been given a blank canvas with a black outline, and I'm just there like you know like color by numbers, where you know you know you know four is red and and three is blue and and you know two is yellow, and all of a sudden oh, the pit you know the, the song is done i you know I, I just feel like you know like I'm an automatic pilot but it it's all it all stems through um my through 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 passion through through the you know the music becoming one with the music and just feeling the you know the emotions and it's driven by the emotion of the music.
0: All right. So, what do you think their their uh, plans are for for you and your band uh, Pyramids on Mars? Do they have? Do you think there is kind of a, an end game here?
2: I, I believe that the end game is they want me to continue to to raise consciousness. And to you know, um, use my music as a vehicle to to um, to spread the word, basically, um, to continue to write and to continue to tap into the the universal consciousness and let the music flow through there and become a higher energy source and uh, and, and spread the word that you know that they are here and they are trying to help us to to reach a new state of evolution. And I think that's also the other message behind the neck design, the DNA sequence, because I, I talked to uh, Patty Patty Greer, who's a, a crop circle um, specialist.
0: Yep, she's been on the show a number of times. Yes.
2: Yes, and so I sent her the DNA thing. And I asked her what does it mean, and she says she thinks it's like she thinks it's symbolic of our of our next state of evolution.
0: The the DNA. The DNA, Our DNA yeah, is evolving.
2: the DNA, the DNA crop circle thing that I saw. That's that's her interpretation of it.
0: Hmm. You ever thought about performing inside a crop circle? That might be interesting.
2: Oh yeah, that'd be amazing. I, then I'd probably really tap into it. Uh, I
0: mean, and you wouldn't necessarily even have to go to like Hampton in England, uh, in in Georgetown. Are you familiar with the crop circles? Not too far from here in Georgetown.
2: Yes. Actually, yes. I, I was in a crop circle in Georgetown.
0: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the synchronicities continue. So, yeah, maybe you should think about actually recording. I don't know if that's possible. Could you record an album inside a crop circle?
2: I can definitely re- record bed tracks for sure.
0: Mm. So what's yeah. next? Uh, uh, tell us where where are you, where are you performing and, and where can people see you?
2: Well, um, I don't have any, any shows lined up right now. But I will be, you know, um, I'm trying to get into some festivals for next year. And right now I'm, I'm releasing, you know, I plan on releasing some, some uh, uh, videos to go along with my CD for next year. And I'm actually I'm working on creating guitar lessons, uh, online videos uh, for, uh, uh, for guitar instructional.
0: Oh, very cool.
2: I've so got our- a whole bunch of things that are going on. Plus, you know, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always on the radio. I'm always doing radio shows. And you know, doing more more magazine reviews. Um, I'm about to hit 40,000 Twitter followers at the end of this month. I get about 5,000 new uh, a month. So you know, Pyramids of Mars is is just blowing up and going you know going big.
0: Excellent. And 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 the other members of the band. I mean, uh, I think you mentioned the drummer is an experiencer. What about the other members? Are they along for the ride, or do they are they also experiencers? <laughs> My brother
2: plays bass, and he is um, a, a, a complete agnostic who doesn't believe in in UFOs at all. <laughs> um, he's completely opposite from me, <laughs> so it's it's very difficult for a, you know I, I, for me to talk about. I can't talk to him about these things because he just you know he's of the mindset of he doesn't believe anything.
0: <laughs> he doesn't believe anything. Interesting. No. All right. Well. Uh, a real pleasure meeting you, uh, Kevin. Thanks for reaching out, and I'm glad we had this conversation. I enjoyed it.
2: Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here, Richard. Give
0: Again, us a there's website. There's so
2: much. There's so much to talk about, you know, and so much more that you know of what I've learned from you know the people that I've spoken to. Um, but you know, we've covered a lot of a lot of bases in regards to musicians, and uh, you know, there's many of us who are contactees. Uh,
0: give us a website.
2: www.pyramidsonmars.com
0: All right. Again, a real pleasure. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you.
1: A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need...